We are very encouraged to hear what God is doing through City Life to change lives. If you have a story to share of how City Life has impacted you, please let us know at story at citylifecenter.org. Welcome to the City Life Podcast. Our desire is to make Jesus known. We pray that these messages will help equip you to become a follower of Jesus who is empowered to influence and shape culture. Enjoy the message. Today I'm talking about clearing hurdles to success. And uh, one of the things that I've committed myself to, which will help me in my life, is to simply be a lifelong learner. I decided that quite a while back. Why? It's because I want to live a long and effective life. Uh, I don't work for the weekend. I don't live for vacations. Uh, I, don't, I don't work so I can have a retirement. No, I mean, actually, I live and I work and I learn so I can grow, so I can be the best possible success that, that God has created me to be. That's what I really want. But I can't have that unless I am teachable myself. Because without teachability, the truth is, is we'll never reach our full potential. And if you're not teachable, you're not going to be able to leave your mark on the world the way that it's designed, God designed in your heart for it to be. Uh, The challenge, though, is that there are a lot of hurdles to teachability, and these prevent us from having success in areas of our life. And I, I call these the hurdles to success. And over the past few weeks, we've talked about some of these hurdles. Uh, can any of you remember them? We've talked about the hurdle of pain. Remember that one? We talked about the hurdle of insecurity, hurdle of fear. We talked about the hurdle of pride. In fact, these hurdles that we're doing, I, the reason these uh, five hurdles in this series are, are here is because these are my biggest challenges. So you, know, you get to peer into my own life as well. But today I'm going to share the final of these five hurdles to success. And it's a big one. You've got to clear it. It's called the hurdle of the devil. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, you're, some of you are going, yeah, the devil. No, no, the hurdle of pace. Now, I know you're going, what? What? Oh, yeah, because this is a big one for us, and it is one of the most deeply spiritual things because it involves one of the Ten Commandments of God. God cared about this from the beginning when he first started talking to us, and this probably is one of the most broken commandments that's out there. Uh, that's a big one. I, I'm telling you, this is a big one, especially for us city folks, because competition is fierce, uh, standards are high, and pace, my friend, is out of control. You're trying to hurry to work, and you're blasting the radio all the way, and, and while you're driving, you, you pull out your phone, and, and you read three emails, and, and, and you attempt to reply. Of course, you're doing it at all of the red lights and stop signs, right, you know? And, uh, and your, your, your text messages, they're pinging, and, and as you're going along, you look up, and you see the clouds, and you're going, oh, man, I should have looked at the weather. So you open your weather app, and now you realize you should have brought a jacket with you to work, and, and, and so you're saying, well, I'm just going to set up a little reminder here to notify me at 6 a.m. each day to check my weather app. So you set up the reminder, and then all of a sudden, you get onto the highway, and you're ready to go, go, go you know, maybe 40 on your way to work, and, and, uh, and it's just like a dead stop and and it's slower than traffic and, and you start creeping along and so then you're like well I'm gonna look at my traffic app so you pull out your traffic app and you see that there's an accident two miles ahead Devin Woody got in another wreck and so so um you, and you're you know you're just uh, uh well <laughs> when I did pull out the app that day it was two miles and I thought oh no this is not good there's some mad people out there that was uh, three months ago anyway but but 
you know, and then, but then, then you're, you're, you're going along and, and, and you're angry at yourself uh, for, for, doing the, for doing the emails before you checked the traffic app because you should have checked the traffic app before you got on the highway and got stuck in the traffic and now you're stuck. And, and while you're sitting there in traffic, all of a sudden you remember, wait, there's a lunch meeting that I'm hosting today at work. And so it's like, well, I, I didn't order the food. So you pull up your Uber Eats app and you place an order and, you, and then you're, you're like, okay, things are going to work out good for my lunch meeting. And, and then you look in the mirror and all of a sudden you see your hair is way too puffy. And you realize, oh no, it's been two months since I've had a haircut. So you pull out your calendar app and you set up a reminder to get your haircut once a month. And, and you just continue to creep along and another text comes in from your office. First person arrives at the office and says, hey, just to let you know, the internet's down. And, and as if you can really do anything about that while you're sitting in traffic. So you start to steam a little bit more. And then another text comes in and this text has a picture with it. Well, it's your wife that texts you that says your dog has just hurled all over the passenger seat in her car and she sends you a pic of it you know and you're trying not to hurl yourself while you reply why are you driving around with that stupid dog that I don't like anyway and then she gets upset and sends you a flurry of texts and uses some choice words and then and then all of a sudden an automated voice comes out of the car you have zero miles till you run out of gas and you can't believe you forgot to go to the gas station so you get your phone out you set up a daily reminder be sure and look at the gas gauge before you leave each morning and, and right at that time about four more reminders pop up on your phone that you've set up on previous trips into work then, and the reminders say smile when you walk in the door make sure no coffee is spilled on your shirt make sure the office bathroom has paper towels oh, hey don't forget to log in your computer when you get there but you're also ready to scream because you're still stuck in traffic and then the fandango app goes off and says star wars tickets must be purchased right now if you're going to get to watch star wars this year and and so you know you need to do that and then the uber eats app all of a sudden buzzes and says your food is on its way and then you go wait a minute i don't need it for three more hours so you're now you're really stressed then all of a sudden you get this notification and it says that you have 10 new likes of your Instagram selfie that morning. And you're like, yes, finally something good. And, and you look over at it and then you become more upset because then you realize that your hair even looks more puffy in the Instagram pic that you have out there. So you have to set up a reminder on your phone to delete the pic once you get to the office because you don't want too many people to see you in that condition. And just as you're about to pass the accident, you run out of gas halting everything because it was the only lane where people could get through. And that's just the first 30 minutes of your day. How many of you guys feel that from time to time? I never do. I mean, it's like, that sounds kind of like what goes on with me. Here, what's happening in reality is your pace is totally out of control. Your mind is racing, the world is screaming at you, and you can't even take a breath. And the problem is, is that this doesn't just happen on your work days. Really, it's like every day of your life is like that. Your pace is insane. And I want to just tell you something, guys. You are not designed by God to operate that way. Now, this pace issue, it may or may not be that you're working too much, Honestly, I would like to argue that you have the inability to rest your mind. I've done some research in the days of my great-grandfather. 
A 60 to 70 hour work week was average. It was standard. In fact, it said that the average man had 1.8 hours of leisure, work, leisure time per week. Can you imagine that? But today, we're more stressed than we were back then, and we have about 10 times as much leisure time. And work weeks are, in some cases, up to half of what they used to be. What's the problem? It's a pace problem. We can't unplug our minds. Continual pings and alerts and notifications and badges and to-do lists along with the pressure to go and to do and to look good and to act happy. And now your leisure time is more stressful than anything else. Ever been to a restaurant and you see a family or maybe even a married couple and they're just consumed with their handheld devices no communication going on to them unless they're texting each other, which would be really weird. I've tried that before, but it's kind of a joke, you know? Hey, baby. Uh, or worse, you've been to a party, and you're at a party and an event, and everybody's just sitting there looking at their phones? Hey, now here's the good news. God knew that 2017 was coming. He did. So he set up a plan for us thousands of years ago to avoid this trap which leads to such unhealthiness in our lives and is actually cutting people's lives short. See, God understands how critical it is to slow the pace of our minds and bodies. In fact, God himself practices this. See, God established this margin day. In fact, he originally he'd established it as a law. You absolutely had to do it for 24 hours. And this is a margin day where, where you're chilled, where you went to worship, where you didn't do work, where you enjoyed your family and your friends, and, and it, it was a day where you were not going to worry, you were not going to stress about anything, you're going to get your eyes off yourself, get your eyes on God, and just enjoy life. The command was this simple one, it's one of the Ten Commandments, is remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. And God set that up so that we could have margin. A good friend of mine here in town, a Jewish rabbi friend, I, you know, I'm always working with him and talking with him about things, but he turns his phone off Friday at sundown and will not turn it back on until Saturday at sundown. It's funny because sometimes I'll send him messages, he doesn't respond, then all of a sudden the sun's going down and boom, 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 you know, my messages start to get responded to. And, 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 uh, and it's because he practices it, in his case, religiously. It's literally 24 hours, so he's not even going to use his phone and do no work. I'll be the first to admit, you know, remember the Sabbath is probably my personal favorite commandment to break. Yeah, I'm just saying, I have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And you have too, so don't sit out there and say, shame on that pastor. <laughs> you know it, it's a huge temptation. Because when I am constantly preoccupied mentally, I stamp out the good in my life. And why is that? It's because good grows in the margins of life. I'll say it again. Good grows in the margins of life. Is that good? Yeah. That's good. I heard someone say after I said that, I said, yeah, that's good. It's like, yeah, that's good. That's good. Good grows in the margins of life. See, everything good in life 
including our teachability, lives and grows in the margins of life. See, the margins is this, this white space. It's the zone of true rest. And I believe this. If you grow your margin, you actually grow your life. And, and we actually deceive ourselves, especially in our culture today, demanding an unhealthy pace from ourselves. And we say, well, it's because I'm talented, or I'm doing what I love, or oh, the things I'm doing are all good, or maybe these are my primary earning years, or, or I just love the microbursts of adrenaline that I get when all of the notifiers go off on my phone every 30 seconds, and the constant pings and notifications, and the felt need to check social media, and your emails, and your phone calls. So for some of you, these things are even getting you up at night, and you have to get up at night just to do it again to get that little rush. Most of you, you're going to sleep looking at a screen, and you're waking up looking at a screen before you even get out of bed. No lifted, no lifted hands on that, but I guarantee it's the vast majority. We're, we're putting so much in here. The pace of our minds are out of control. Two weeks ago, I intentionally entered into a slow, slow pace. Uh, <clears throat> I slept in when I was tired. I took long walks, and I experienced zero guilt. I took five days off, and I did almost, I do have to say almost, no work. And I felt so refreshed. I didn't feel the need to do anything. I didn't feel the need to go anywhere or even check on anything. And I'm telling you guys, it works. Now today we're looking at 1 Samuel chapter number 24. This is the story of Saul. And Saul had, uh, God had lifted his favor off of Saul and God had placed that favor on Saul's son-in-law, David. Uh, Saul basically lost his mind because this wall of pain had skewed his vision and, and he started doing some crazy things. And, and David was the primary target of Paul's insanity. And he saw, Saul was, was consumed with this singular mission, kill David. It was a complete obsession with finding his own son-in-law and destroying him. Today's story, uh, King Saul King Saul and his armies, uh, they had just returned home from fighting the Philistines, their enemies. And, and you can imagine how they were exhausted and, and the guys were coming back and so anxious to see their families. But then look at, look at 1 Samuel chapter 24, verse 1. Just a small portion I'm reading today. It says, And Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines. And when he got back, he was told, David is in the desert of Engadi. So Saul took three thousand able young men from all Israel and he set out to look for David and his men near the crags of the wild goats now a lot of us don't really catch what just happened here he should have been resting and the troops should have been resting but did they rest no you see his pace was totally out of control on this mission to simply kill David so he rallied three thousand weary troops to find one man, David. He, he risked the lives of thousands of men in his hopes of finding and killing his son's best friend, David. That chapter goes on to tell the rest of the story. I'm not going to read it all, chapter 24, but it tells us that 
while Saul was on this high-paced mission to find and destroy David, that he was so weary that he just, he just went into a, a cave and just collapsed. And little did he know, the cave he went into and collapsed, David and his men were in there, and they went to the very back of the cave, and they hid out, and, and Saul and his, his guys just were just crashed. I mean, they were exhausted. They were sleeping so deep, and David came out and had the opportunity to kill Saul. And his men were even saying, kill him. Here's your opportunity. God's given him to you. Just go ahead and kill him. He's after you. He said, I can't kill the king. It's wrong. It's wrong. And, and, and uh, fortunately for Saul, David chose to not do him any harm, even though it seems like it would have worked out great for him. And that could have been Saul's complete demise right at that moment out of his own stupidity. See, Saul's brain and his drive and his body were just surging forward thoughtlessly. He was, he was so consumed with his agenda, he couldn't even stop and think about the logic of it. See, his pace clouded his vision. And some of you, your pace is clouding your vision. You just can't see clearly anymore. What's eating up your margin? Is it a constant craving even for more and more entertainment? Is it obsession fitness? Is it the drain of codependent relationships? Slow down for a second and think, what are your essentials? The essentials that God set up. He said, focus on these essentials and you're going to be all right. Well, sleep, eat, which is a nice one. Work, worship, serve, family, relationships. That's it. I mean, aren't you tired of being physically present, yet emotionally and mentally distant or even completely absent? See, without margin, the natural God-given creativity that he has put in every man and every woman, that creativity ceases. Where you don't have margin, the fresh ideas that God's giving to you bounces off your brain because your brain is way too active with everything else and you're, those, those ideas can't even emerge. Without margin, <laughs> you, you don't even have the ability to grasp something new and put it into practice. So your brain is the traffic jam. But grow your margin and you grow your life. For me, I've, I've had to force myself to create margin and, and today I have much better habits where where it's, it's not a forced thing anymore. It's, it's part of a regular habit, but it's taking a day off. It's, it's okay to take a day off once a week, you know? Vacation time. Alone time. I need alone time just to be alone. Family time. Rebecca time. Time with one or se several of my boys or whatever. I, I Worship time. Because in those atmospheres, I can relax and I can drop my guard because there's no rushing, there's no tasking, there's no mental busyness. It's during those times when my best ideas start coming to me over and over, and I can begin to see clearly. And so, so uh, I've learned, though, that I have to make margin for myself because if I don't, everything else that is so revved up around me will overtake me. That means I'm going to have to be in the driver's seat of my life. I have to make margin happen. You do too. Because if we're so revved up, something's going to break. About 15 years ago, I was driving with my family back from Denver, and um, we we're heading back home, and 
we'd spent a week at a ministry conference there in Denver, and I was driving my Suburban, and, and that, that's when my, at that time, about six-year-old son, Devin, curiously asked me a question. He said, Daddy, Daddy. He was asking me a question about the dashboard on the car, and he said, Dad, what, what do those letters and numbers mean? Because today you're doing number three, and usually you do a D. He's like, a three and a D? What's he talking about? He was looking at the little shifter thing, you know, the little deal that tells you what gear you're in. And I looked at the instrument cluster, and you want to talk about a rush of, <gasps> I was in third gear, not in drive, and I was driving about 75, and I had been for about an hour. We made it home, but the next day, the transmission was mush. I burned up the transmission that day. You know, speed can possibly be the greatest threat to a healthy life. You're never going to get where you want to go when you're moving so fast and doing so much and you're constantly jumping in so many different directions. You know, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do it. And if you do too many good things but neglect the best things, which I talked about earlier, you're never going to end up in the place that you really crave and desire to be. You're not going to see that place of success. So I have some basic pace principles for you. And the first one is this. It's real easy. It's called shh, shh, turn it off. Silence your world. No phone, no email, no screens, no pings. I challenge you to take this challenge right now today. Do this for 10 minutes every day. I'm talking no, no noise other than the natural noise around you. In the city, there's always noise. I, no music. Like, well, if I listen to some music, no, stop it. Nothing but yourself and the quiet. Just sit. Take a walk. It works. Shh. Turn it off. See, God says this. He said, six days you shall labor, but on the seventh day you shall rest. Even during the plowing season and harvest, you must rest. In other words, no matter how busy your job is, no matter how stressful things are, you still will rest. Stop the noise. No, I mean, let your mind wander. Let your thoughts just drift. You'll be amazed at what you hear in the silence. I was telling you about my five-day vacation break. Well, I, I went to my wife, went with my wife Rebecca to New York City to rest, and I do that. I, Manhattan actually has a very calming effect on me. And uh, Rebecca wasn't feeling very good the first day, and I was kind of like bummed about that. But I thought, well, I'm still going to rest, and so I just began taking a walk through the city. I loved it. And I took a stroll all the way up into Central Park, and no phone. You know, if I get lost, I get lost. No music, I'm not listening to anything, absolutely no earbuds. I mean, earbuds say, don't bother me, I'm more special than you, don't talk to me right now, you know? Um, and I go to my favorite place in Central Park, it's called the Sheep Meadow. Uh, it's this beautiful expanse of green, and it's soothing. And I get out there, and I just, oh, I just relax, just getting on the grass, and, and there's people lying all over the grass, and they're resting, doing nothing, 
And I thought, I'm going to do that. And then all of a sudden I thought, wait a minute, chiggers, fire ants? And, I mean, that did cross my mind because I am a good Texan. But then I realized, wait a minute, I'm not in Texas anymore. So I was like, they don't have bugs up here. They just have rats. So I just decided, like, I'm just going to lay down, just laid right down there on the grass and, and just absorbed nothingness. It was great. I ended up doing that almost every single day. And, and what, what I found is my mind was so sharp and creative just after living in the margin a little bit. When do you take a day off? If you take a day off like when you need to or whenever you can, then you're already in trouble because you grow your margin and you grow your life. That's why worship is actually uh, very refreshing to our soul and to our spirit. And, and that's why you can come to church feeling drained and stressed. But what happens here is the presence of God is engaged with you and you leave feeling energized and encouraged. And you know it's true because that's the way God works. That's what God designed this for. It's pretty awesome, isn't it? Another one of those pace principles is this. It is to task. Now, I said task not multitask. Do one thing at a time. I mean, really, really. If you're trying to do five things at the same time, nothing's going to get finished, you're going to feel drained, you're going to feel crazy anxiety, stop multitasking. Because multitasking is just sloppy living. It's just a sloppy way to live because nothing gets done well at all. It's funny because in our theme scripture for this year, that, that's part of what we're learning. It says, it says run to win. All good athletes train hard. They do it for a gold medal that tarnishes and fades. You're after one that's gold eternally. I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I got. No sloppy living for me. Hey, if you're running a race to win, how many things can you do simultaneously when you're running that race? None. Why? Because it's just sloppy. You can't do it. Have you ever seen someone running a race and trying to text? Siri doesn't even work when you do that. <laughs> grow your margin, you grow your life. A lot of runners even say some of their best ideas come when they're just out running. Why? It's because you've created margin and you're running in the margin. That works, my friend. Another one of those pace principles is this. It's called snip. <laughs> snip. Cut stuff out. You really need to eliminate some clutter in your life. I'm sure there might be some really good clutter. It's like, yeah, this clutter is good, but that is still clutter nonetheless. I, I encourage some of you to get ruthless with, your, with, with what you're doing. Uh, you're just uh, with everything that you're doing day in and day out and cut 25% out of it, whatever it is. And you might say, okay, cut out 25% that's on my calendar. Well, it probably won't even be that. It may be that if you have a crazy calendar, but I think you should really cut out about 25% of the junk that you're doing that's not on the calendar, the stuff that keeps you frustrated, that keeps your brain in constant motion and switching tracks every three minutes. When you really think about it, you'll see that, and you'll see this is, you're, you're not clearing that hurdle of pace. You're actually defying one of God's most significant commandments. Grow your margin, grow your life. Could it be that the depression that you're facing is because you've exhausted your margin and you insist on stuffing your mind into meaningless activity. Cut the stuff. Snip it. Because your teachability and your success are at stake. Finally, the last principle is this. The last principle for pace is chill. Stop taking yourself so serious. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much fun do you like to have? I mean, how much fun have you been having today? Are you just hauling off and having a good time? You know, keeping an unhealthy pace 
not only destroys your teachability, but it, it annihilates your joy. Here's the truth. I know this is true. The busiest people you know, they're not having fun regardless of the social media staged smiles they have out there. After they're done, they're like, oh, that's so stupid. You know, that's, that's what they do. You do. We do. Maybe you need to introduce or reintroduce fun into your life. Hey, who's the creator of fun? The devil? No! God created it for us. <laughs> Grow your margin, grow your life. I mean, what can you do consistently that's going to fill your tank so you can enjoy life more? In my world, fun and laughter is essential. It's not an option. And I start by laughing at myself. Some of you, the best thing you can take away from this today is to start making fun of yourself and laughing at yourself, not only in private, but in front of other people. I'm telling you, it is liberating and some of you are taking yourself so seriously, not just because your schedule is full, but you're constantly obsessing about what to do and where to go and the next thing to do. And you can't even be here because you're thinking about all the other stuff that's out there. See, fun is no longer on the agenda because you're not even living in the moment. So just slow down. Live in the moment. Laugh and relax because you only get to do life once. Another pace principle is this. It's to refresh. Refill and recharge. The word refresh I love the, the, what the word refresh means. So I'm just going to give it to you. It means to revive. It means to enliven, to invigorate, to rejuvenize, to energize. Don't you like these words? To restore, to recharge, to revitalize. See, the best way to refresh is actually to serve someone else. Solomon said this. He said, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. I tell you what, I feel the most refreshed when I have served someone else and there's no way they could ever serve me back or help me back. You know, in fact, guys, that's why we even have ministry volunteer opportunities for you here on Sundays. It's refreshing to serve because ultimately you're not serving me, you're serving Jesus. So you're growing your margin, you're growing your life. And what I'm talking about today, my friend, is very, very spiritual. I want us, a people of city life, to be people who are in the city but doing it a little bit different because we are people of healthy pace. I want us to be a congregation of, of wise rhythm where we learn to, to live and love to laugh and love to chill and just enjoy worshiping God. We're, we're a people who can have a divine exhale. And God wants to bring healing to every area in your life, including the area of unhealthy pace today. He does. And you can just commit to walk out of here with new perspectives and a passion that you're going to be clearing this hurdle of, of uh, hurdle to success. But you're going to make it over it. And you're going to change some things starting today. Today. I'd like for there to be no movement at this time. Close your eyes, please. And I want you to focus internally because maybe you're here today and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, first of all, the God who created joy and peace and rest, the God who commands us to chill and relax and have fun. Maybe you've drifted from your relationship with God and, and, uh, and you're far from him right now, but if you want to know the Jesus that I teach about and preach about and we always talk about and sing about around here, and if you want a new beginning, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond because faith is when we respond outwardly to what's happening inwardly. Catch this. Jesus loves you more than you know. He does. 
He loves you so much. He died for you so that you can have life and life to the full. And everything can change today. If you want to be included in this closing prayer, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand and in doing so to say, I want to surrender my life to Jesus and do it as I count to three. Come on, one, two, three. Raise your hand so I can connect my faith with yours and we can pray together. Thank you. Who else? Thank you. Who else? You can put your hands down. Anyone else? Good, good. Here's something we ask what we do. We guys stand with me. Everyone stand. Yeah, thank you. Saw your hand also. Everyone stand, please. I'd like you along. If you lift your hand, I want you along with the whole congregation of believers to pray these words with me. Will you do so? Come on, give your focus to God right now. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sin. I believe you're the Son of God. Forgive my sins. Today I give up my past. And I embrace the future that you have for me. Thank you for helping me to see areas of unhealthy pace. I choose to make changes today. In Jesus' name, amen. City Life is able to continue making Jesus known through the consistent investments of many. If you would like to invest financially into the vision, you can do so at citylifecenter.org. Simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thank you for listening to this week's message from City Life Church. You can stay connected through Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday.